0: Hey, welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast. I'm Brett Robinson. Thanks for joining me today. We started last time looking at Psalm 1, and this is part 2 as we continue to look at Psalm 1. So, I gave uh, four words in my previous uh, podcast about Psalm 1 that I felt characterized the message of Psalm 1, and that helps us to identify what God has in store for us as we go through this psalm. And those words are positioned, provisioned, protected, and prosperous. Positioned, provisioned, protected, and prosperous. That's what God's got in store for us. But let's set the tone for today's podcast just by reading the first two verses. And last time we focused on verse one, and today our focus is going to be primarily on verse 2. It reads, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sits in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. I want to say that Psalm 1 is not just about living in the blessing, It's about living a life of meaning. After all, a meaningful life is a blessed life. The search for meaning goes to the heart of who we are and is perhaps the most important question that any of us have to answer. Who am I and why am I here? The blessed person we see in Psalm 1 doesn't find their meaning in the busyness of the world with its game of get ahead at all costs and the selfish pursuits of pleasure. The Psalm 1 person holds themselves to a higher standard. They're not influenced by the corrupt values of the world. They don't sound like the world or walk in its ways because their heart has been captured by the love of God. When your passion lines up with your purpose in God, you'll run and not grow weary, walk and not grow faint. Passion and purpose are created and energized by hope. That's why we read in Isaiah forty thirty one, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Placing your hope in the Lord establishes God as your source, not just a source, but the source of all life. And it gives your life meaning and purpose. When we acknowledge Jesus as the hope of the world, we tap into his divine purpose for all mankind and for each of us individually. Someone once said that if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Why? Because when you do what you love, you'll have a vision and a purpose to fuel your efforts. Let's talk about how to direct our passion and to live a fulfilled life. Let's have a look again at verse 2. Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. For that word delight, I'm going to give you two words, your passion. We can associate the delight that it's talking about here with your passion. And in terms of the law of the Lord, we're just going to see that as the word of God. When your passion is in the word of God, the ways of God, and that is where you meditate. In other words, that's where your focus is on. Day in and day out, you are going to walk in an increased measure of the blessing of God. If we have a look at the de- definition of that word delight, basically what it means is to see God's word as valuable. We place our delight in things where we find value. The word delight also means to seek out, accept, and find pleasure in his word and in his ways. The things that bring you joy and that you delight in are things where you enjoy spending your time. You seek them out. You carve out time in your day and in your evenings to do that. The word delight means to willingly embrace his word. In other words, it's not just something you do because you have to, because it's the law. You're doing it because it's what you want to do. Our will has to be involved in finding delight in His Word and in His ways. Delight is also linked to purpose because when you do what you delight in, you'll do it with joy and passion and it'll be meaningful to you. I want to speak to you about the magnetic effects of living empowered by joy. That joy is another word for the delight that uh, we just read in that verse. Let me ask you this. Who do you want to work for? Someone who is passionate about what they do or someone who is down and dreary. What kind of business do you want to go and buy from and recommend to friends? A business who makes you feel like they love what they do and really believe it'll add value to your life or a business that makes you feel like they'd rather be somewhere else and you basically an interruption to their day. Who do you want to be married to or maybe to get married to one day? Someone who is passionate about you or someone who has one foot out the door? Are you beginning to understand the magnetic effect of living empowered by joy? Joy attracts other people to us. So, what are we learning in this verse? It's speaking about finding our delight, our joy in the Word of God, in the ways of God, and meditating on those things. Well, meditating on God's values and truths will ignite within you a passion and purpose that is pleasing to God and fills you with joy. So, that joy comes from the things that we focus and meditate on. Wow, this is a powerful principle if we can really get it. In actual fact, you can't live a blessed life without choosing joy. Many have tried and failed. If you're waiting for everything in your life to be just right before you are joyful, then it's going to be a hits and miss, because life is unpredictable. It's often unfair, and for most people, you're going to have more questions than answers. Some of you are no doubt saying, hang on a second, it's not as easy as just choosing joy, but I never said it was always going to be easy, but it is a much better way to live. The kingdom of God is not, after all, about making easy choices. It's about making good choices, wise choices. It's about making choices that are going to bring an incredible harvest into your life. A harvest of joy, life, peace, hope, and love. When we understand that we can choose joy, this is really going to set you free. And here's something that we can learn from Galatians, chapter five and verse twenty-two: joy isn't earned; it's given. You see, in Galatians five twenty-two, we learn that joy is a fruit of the spirit. Therefore, if we live by the spirit, then the byproduct is joy. Somebody's saying hallelujah, and somebody else might be saying, "Oh me." <laughs> Don't worry, learning to live in the Spirit is a discipline and a choice as well. It's something that we can and should grow in. And it's good for us to recognize that as believers, that we should be growing in our level of joy as we grow in God. You see, joy is an expression of faith. And faith pleases God. Faith and joy are completely linked. You might be saying, well, where does joy start? The same place faith starts. First by acknowledging the love, the faithfulness, and the goodness of God. When we acknowledge God, we honor Him, and this is the fire starter that sets us up for the next step. Faith. Now, faith isn't passive, Faith acts and faith is released by thanksgiving and thanksgiving releases a supernatural joy and that's really what we're after. That's what we're talking about and that's why we can have joy regardless of what's going on in the world, regardless of what's going on in our life. We were never talking about a good feeling that comes because all the circumstances in our life line up just right. No, we're talking about something far deeper, far wider, far more powerful. In fact, something that is powered by heaven itself. A supernatural joy that's given to us and sustained by the Spirit of God. I can guarantee you that this system of honor and faith or the lack thereof, is already affecting every part of your life and is directly linked to the level of joy in your life. Let me ask you this. How much joy do you have in your relationship with God? Well, whatever your answer is, I can tell you if you begin to practice acknowledging God, honoring Him, and then releasing faith by giving thanksgiving and praise to God, the level of joy in your relationship with God is going to climb and grow. How much joy do you have in your relationship with your spouse? or well, let's just say if you're not married with your family. Do you know that as soon as you begin to acknowledge what they do right, what you appreciate about them, and express thanksgiving and appreciation to them for those things, it will begin to multiply the level of joy in your life and in theirs. Are you beginning to see how the principle of honor and faith have been put in place by God to increase and grow the level of joy in our lives. The next part of that verse talks about the meditation. Meditates on his law day and night, it says. The word meditates means to ponder, to imagine, to study. So it's not just reading it once. Although, of course, we all have to start by reading God's word once, but it's then to pause and to reflect on it. And I'd like to interject that word, imagine. Do you know that imagination is the place where things are created in our lives? Begin to imagine God's word, whatever his word is that you're reading, engaging with your life how does this apply to me how does this apply to my life where does it show up maybe where I've missed it and I can do better where does it show me how I should be encouraged and be built up and be comforted by what God's word is saying how can I engage in this and grow in this in a greater way And then as you're meditating on that, just to be pausing and saying, God, reveal your ways to me. Lord, show me what you want for me. Show me how I can connect with this word, how I can understand it better. And the study part of meditation is to get perspective because we need to then consider what does God's word say elsewhere about the same topic that you're reading about Get a concordance or get some books or begin to hear what other men or women of God have uh, taught about the subject and begin to study it out, meditate on it, think about it, reflect on it. And here's an important part of meditation. Do you know that meditation is not just to think about, to meditate scripturally is also to murmur, to talk, to mutter to speak, and I really love this last one, to roar. <laughs> so meditation involves speaking about the thing that you're thinking about. Well this is not something that's unusual because anything in life that you spend a lot of time thinking about, you're going to get excited about and you're probably going to be speaking about to all your friends and family anyway. So it's no different when it comes to the Word of God. As we think about and we ponder and re- reflect on the Word of God and the thoughts of God and His ways become stirred up in our heart, and an excitement about that grows, it's only natural that we begin to speak about those things. And, of course, the first person we should be speaking about them to is God Himself. And that starts in a place of prayer. So as you're reading God's Word, we should be prayerful around that and speaking to God about it and inviting God to reveal himself to us. And faith is released through words. So we need to then be releasing our faith through the words of our mouth. The word of God says that the words of our mouth can either build us up or break us down. And you can see clearly where someone is heading in life by the words they speak. In fact, God created the world with words. And like it or not, the words that you're choosing to speak in your presence are shaping your future. So as we engage with God's word through meditation, I would encourage you to write it out, to be speaking to God about those things in that place of prayer. Then be releasing your faith And begin to thank God and release praise based upon what God is speaking to you and teaching you through his word. And then take those things and use them to begin to encourage and build others up in their faith as well. I hope you've been encouraged today as we've looked at Psalm 1 and what it talks about to live a blessed life. And I hope that you realize today that living a blessed life is not just accumulating a lot of um, awesome worldly possessions. Living the blessed life is living a life of meaning, living a life of purpose that we find in God. And that when our meaning and purpose is shaped by God, it will result in us living a life of passion and joy. God bless you.